welcome to Prime Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode... That's right, 22. 22. We made it. We're here, yeah, again, folks. I it's all week. It's like we're not going anywhere. Just you don't have to listen. That's all. Oh, a little bit of delay this week, but we're recording. And... Rant Ron was out of town, and I, I couldn't let D Law run the show on his own. So we're gonna get all. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. I, we haven't. No, that's have, okay. It's we haven't done an episode. Uh, you know, we've always done an episode with each other, so I don't think this is the time to start it without. No, we'll make it work. It's um, just summertime. It's a busy time of year. Yeah, and I, my Friday, my concert got postponed. So, um, but I was still doing, I still did the scorekeeping. Um, I didn't really have too too good of a game Thursday night. I, I'm I'm t- tending to be more defensive. I mean, I didn't, I didn't score again. I, I don't like that. I want to. I don't. I don't want to be a defensive player. I. I mean, I'm defensive. Yeah, I bet your teammates def- want that. Defensive players don't get. You know, there's no glory in. Oh, I in, in defense. A You're a glory hound. Well, I. I mean, I blocked a few shots, and well, one hit off my stick, and luckily went wide. So I'm just. Thank God didn't go under that. We did win eight to three. Um, no thanks to me. Although I I did win pretty much all my faceoffs clean. And it's like I don't know. I, I don't. I, I half the time I think the other center just is letting me win them. I'm winning so clean. So I don't know. I mean, obviously that's not the case. I, I would think not. Hey, D-Law, there has to be another person on the other side of the faceoff circle to be well, an official faceoff. Well. Sometimes there isn't. It can't just be a ref dropping the puck to you. So sometimes no, there. I know how you do it. No, no, actually, you no. Out there with your sticks and you tap them on the ice and you do the whole N H L and then you fight. No, I, I I can't win faceoffs that way. Uh, I don't. I gotta have a rook. I actually have to have a ref drop the puck. Yeah, I'm just. But it kind of interesting side note in the scorekeeping. It was a girls' uh, prospect tournament. Um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of players from uh, the Penguins Elite. There was a couple teams, a lot, a lot of players from the Little Caesars uh, mixed in because they, 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 uh, they just basically put teams, made teams, and you know they weren't actual teams. There was a couple teams. Uh, the one championship game this afternoon was a team from Long Island, but, um, but you know there, there was a Michigan Elite team. And there was a junior Red Wings team. They lost in the semifinals. Um, but just briefly, it's the because they? they're not in the finals. Well, obviously not very good compared to the team that beat them. So they're not really elite then. Well, elite area. Well, I feel like in, in well, the, no, I mean the Michigan elite. They didn't even make. They made it to the. They didn't even make it to the quarterfinals. Um, but the. Uh, the junior Red Wings made it to semifinals in their age group. See, I've watched, I've watched, and they look. I thought it was the Detroit Red Wings because they were all red and white, and I'm like, oh, they shrunk. 
Yeah, I gotta, but I gotta, you know, hockey, I feel is like the biggest money grab because my son played hockey and you get these parents that just think my kid is the next freaking Wayne Gretzky and they're, they're lunatics. Like look around and, and I bet you in all the games that you have done, maybe, maybe one or two kids will actually go pro that you've actually done a scorekeeping session for. Obviously, we're a few years out from that. But what I'm saying is you've, well, you've, you've done it for probably thousands of kids, different kids from different well, parts of the uh, country. I started in 2019. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. What I mean, but, but, but the way this youth hockey stuff works, and I know we're here to, to talk about the Red Wings, Predators, the NHL fin- finals, but I, I just want to say this quick. You know, watching how this happens, you get two or three parents on a team that think their kid is, you know, Johnny All-Star, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, your kid's not playing as much because he's really Bunch not as good as you think. So then what happens is mom and dad rally a few of the troops, and they say, hey, let's start our own team, and let's call it the, you know, we're here in Rochester. Let's call it the Rochester Elite or Rochester Edge. And this is no shot at the Rochester Edge. They're a girls' organization. They're supposed to be the best of the best. But they've got a couple of teams that are actually okay. And the rest of it, you're paying five, six, seven thousand dollars a season just to go out and get your, your behinds kicked. But mom and dad think you guys are, you know, think that they're elite. So they start this they start these leagues. And I bet it's no different in Michigan. Like, oh, the Michigan elite team. I'm sorry. If my kid lives in the UP of Michigan, we'll say Newberry, where I grew up with my grandmother and not with them, but grew up going there, visiting, spending a lot of time up there. I'm sorry. I'm not driving like seven, eight hours for a freaking practice. It's just not happening. So there's going to be kids up in these areas that are just getting lost in the shuffle that you know, they might be very good hockey players, but again, I'm not driving my kids seven hours to go play hockey. Just not happening. But anywho, I just think that there's so many people that are just way, way over the top with this stuff. Yeah, and there, there was actually a team from Minnesota, too. Um, but uh, there was just quickly, there was, I, I, I've never, you know, the boys' teams, you know, you always run into, like, especially like the 14 year olds, they always. It gets physical, and there's kind of well, not first blow, not 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 blown out fights, but you know, just got a bunch of bull crap. But doing girls' games, I've never seen any of that. But last night game, the thirteen-year-old division, one of some girl actually, well, obviously, there's two girls. They there was a scrum line the boards, and then all of a sudden, you see them. Well, they called. They got they got called for fighting and kicked out of the game. They which carries one game suspension in that tournament. Um, they were throwing fights. I don't know if they ever landed any, but they were throwing their arms around. But I just never seen that with thirteen year old girl. And the one, the one, uh, not not a mock. Not I don't want to you know uh, say anything against the Penguins, but the one girl was a Penguins elite player. Um, 
but and but it kind of hurt her team. She, she was she's an okay player, not really scoring goals, but she was suspended for her team's uh, semifinal game this morning, and they, they actually lost that game. Um, but it was you know like I said, just like a prospects team and everything. So, but um, so moving on, we got we got a lot to talk about. Um, we got four games, so. Uh, just don't want to spend too much time with games two and three. Um, game, game two was just a, I did Tampa Bay even show up? Cause they just got outclassed. Yeah. They got, I mean, they got just and, I mean, and they fit. I still do to you. If you don't play defense, the, the Colorado's a team like we've talked about. D-Law, you and I have talked about this. You've got defenders like Cal McCarr. They can just come down and score on a whim. They have defensive players that can jump up, and you don't know if they're offense or defense. They're that good. So yeah, they're a team that can put up a lot of a lot of goals if you don't play defense against them. This kind of reminds you of beer league hockey. You got that one player that just whenever you need a goal, he goes and gets it. But yeah, you know the officials again continues to be questionable. Um, you know, Kara got uh, an early par play goal on a questionable penalty, which I didn't think it was rough. I just it was just a check. I, you know, this is the playoffs. But Vasilevsky gave up a, like three bad goals, in my opinion. Um, and you know, just just to take us just as brief, uh, I don't I don't want to really discuss it. I know everybody talks about goaltenders, you know, oh, that's a bad goal. He should have had that, you know. It's like, I I feel like I can say that because as I, as a goalie, you know, I play the position show, I know what it's like. But in my opinion, if you've never played the position, if you've never played the position of goalie, you have no business saying, oh, he should have had that shot because you don't know. And even players that I play with, They've said, what are you doing? You should stop that. I'll say, here's the pads. You want them? Go right ahead if you think you can do better. but So uh, just just want to get that out. Um, and, 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 you know, in Colorado, I was just dominating shots on goal, you know, 11 to 5 in the first period. And, and uh, you know, Tampa Bay, I, it's like they weren't there. They just they looked lost again. Um you know, they hit a lot. You know, Colorado had way many shot attempts. Um, and then turnovers by Tampa Bay. Colorado continued the shots on goal, you know, 12 to 7 in the second period. Uh, and it, it, it was a little bit tight. It was a little bit tighter in the third period. So, I mean, it was just by the, you know, their announcers kept saying, do you, do you, Elliot, the old, the old goalie, they didn't call him the old guy to call Elliot. Do you go with him for start the third period? And I'm like, I thought yes. No, I, I said. Yes. Yeah, I thought yes. The announcers all said no. Chelio said no. Well, some of them said yes, but the 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 announce the, the the game announcers, including Ferrara, said they should have, but the the studio guys said no, which I agree with. Um. Because well, let's hear why. Let's yeah. let's break it down a little bit. Why, why because well, I mean, he knows he's having a bad game, and he just needs to 
and he's he's their guy all year round. And I mean, Elliot's sitting on the bench and he's cold. And I mean, they're getting out. It's it wasn't. I mean, there were there was three there was three goals that were bad goals, but it wasn't all him. I mean, what there was, was like turnovers. What was the score going into the third? It was five to nothing. Was it? Uh, yes, five, it was brutal. Um, but you know, it's, it wasn't like it was nine to nothing, and he just. Go ahead. I I just think that you know you gotta finish. Let you know, let him finish because I sometimes. You, you go, you know, he gets pulled and he's sitting there. That really screws up his confidence. Yeah, but, I mean, these, and, are, and, these are professionals. These are NHL, you know, players. And then – He's dubbed as the best goalie in the league. And then you get – and, and also the way the team was playing in front of him. And you, you put in the guy like Elliot who's like almost 40 years old. And he's sitting on the bench for – pretty much all the playoffs. I don't think he's played very much, if any. And that they probably would have been eight, nine, ten to nothing. Yeah, but here here's my thoughts on that, D Law. Who cares at that point? The guy's been playing the entire playoffs, hasn't gotten any breaks. You know, he, he played a majority of the season. You're losing five to nothing. You're not gonna win the game. Put the put put Elliot in. Let Vasilevsky get a little bit of a break. Let him sit on the bench. Let him think. Let him regroup. And let him go back. I mean, he's an NHL player. He's not going to get rattled if he gets pulled. He's not going to get, you know, all blocked out mentally. I mean, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know who he, you know, what his mental stability is. You know, I'm not his psychology coach. But pull him out. I mean, what's the point of keeping him in at that point? I mean, letting in goal after goal after goal after goal. That is more, I think that is more harmful to a goalie than pulling him out, letting him regroup, taking the loss, chalking it up, saying, okay, we lost this game, it's okay. Elliot, get in there and play. Vass, come sit down, take a breather. You're going to ride You're gonna ride it out this game. We'll get you back out there, you know, game three, and we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll rebound it. You can do it. You're an NHL goalie. You will rebound and come out stronger. There's no reason to keep him in, in my opinion. Look, that's one thing that, you know, I can say is, you know, I, I've i never been in that situation. I've never been pulled. Um, well, there's but, one goalie on a team. Ma- mainly because I had never played in, like, you know, high school or college or anything like that where there is another goalie. I probably would have been pulled. Probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't be a starter. <laughs> I'd probably be sitting on the bench every game thinking, uh – can I come in at least once? <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the hard the hard part to me is is still like Chelios brought up the point of if you pull him, Colorado knows they've got you. I'm sorry, Chelly, but you know what? They knew that they had him going into the third, whether Vasilevsky started or not. Colorado knew they had that game. They played like they had that game the entire time. So to keep them in, I, I think was pointless. You're not, you're not getting. There's no mental BS around it. Like I, I get what he's saying. Like if it's a, if it's a three to nothing game, and he let in three bad goals, 
then yes, I'm going to let him stay in because I'm going to get in his head in, in the intermission and say, Vass, come on. You know, we have one period. Just be yourself. Play the game that you know how to play. Play the game that you grew up loving. You know, go out there and have some fun and just play the hockey that you know how to play. Forget about it. It's a 0-0 game. Just go out there and play the best. Play the best you can. I'm not going to put pressure on him. I'm not going to ride him. But at that point, it's a 3 nothing game. That wasn't the case in this series. That wasn't the case in game two. The game was over. I shouldn't say yeah. it was over, but, I mean, it, it was over. And uh, I just want to, you know, game three or game game three, game two, there was a third period. There was, I I don't understand this call. There is an in, Colorado injured player. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay has a puck and they blow the whistle. I thought they did. I thought it would be, I thought they didn't blow whistle until the team with the injured player has a puck. I mean, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a severe injury. He got up, but you know, it's not like he was, you know, dead. No, I get it. But so you know, moving on to game three, Tampa Bay with a huge response, uh, shifting it back at in Tampa Bay um, with a six to two win. Uh, Burakowski was. He was. I, he might have been the injured player in game two, um, but he was out. And of course, you know, Braden Point is out, and he missed. Uh, he actually missed the next you know, game four and game five as well. So I think he might be. He, he might be done. I don't know. I don't know about it for a career. Um, you know, but you know, they got a great start. Uh, Tampa Bay did. You know, out. You know, Three nothing start, and then um, Colorado thought they scored another goal, another bad goal by Vaskowski, but it was outside. And they had to. Is that the one they had to challenge, or did they call that outside? I don't, I don't remember. I can't remember so long ago, but you know, it you know it was you know it was definitely outside. Um, and I, I just wanted you know. <laughs> So, you know, Maroon, you know, he's, I've, we've said that before, he's won the last three cups, you know, two with Tampa Bay and one with St. Louis. But um, is Perry the bad luck charm? Because he's lost back-to-back cups. It could be three, depending on the outcome of the next couple of games. But it's just kind of interesting, you know, why Tampa Bay would want Perry you know, you know, Murray, I could see because he's won three in a row, but Perry's lost two in a row. You know, Palat scores in this one again. And Plots, he's 
known for these uh, big goals at the right time. He had one, you know, in game three, and again in game five, we'll get to in a little bit, but, you know. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, all, all these games so far have been pretty good, except for the first couple. Um, you know, I, I think I think Tampa Bay has really found a way to, you know, work them. You know, they figured out how to manage Colorado a little bit better. Um, you know, I do have to give a shout out to Helm, who has been playing great in the first few games of the series. You know, I, I miss him in Detroit. I think he's got a motor that just never stops. I've always been fond of the kid. Um, it's just his age and, and the position that the wings are in. We had to get rid of him, but I'm happy to yeah. doing well. Well, he made a mis- He had a huge mistake that led to a Tampa Bay goal in the second period. Um, I believe it was uh, Paul that scored, and he, he was coming back from injury in the first. But um, a totally different game in Game Three than Game Two, um, as far as Tampa Bay was concerned. Um, but and Car, I don't understand. You know, Colorado pulled. Kept Kemper after five goals in this one. I'm not sure. You know, 21 shots. I'm not sure why. 21 you know, shots and five goals? That's terrible. Well, goal. you, should, you should know that's uh, Well, yeah, but Tampa Bay didn't pull Vasilevsky after six. Different team, different strategies. It, you know, yeah, but you, do they have... They so... To me, Tampa Bay has Elliot. Like to me, that shows. Different. To me, that they show that uh, that shows they don't have any uh, confidence in Kemper. And um, I don't know spoilers, but uh, he just gave up a bad goal on this one, five ball to Santos in Game Six. So you know. Yeah, but still, uh, going back, going back to Game Three. You can't. I mean, he's he's had. Now, if remind, it was twenty-one total shots he had faced and let in five goals. Yeah, uh, they pulled. They pulled it. Well, yeah, but it's not that they don't have faith in him. They're doing exactly what I said I would do with Vasilevsky that Tampa Bay didn't do. You pull him, you let him regroup, and let him come back. A few shows ago, we were talking about how Manson was, you know, more of a sniper than his father. Well, this looks like he's turning more into his old man with all these, you know, he's been hitting a lot of, a lot of dirty hits in this, in this, in this game three. Um, yeah, but but the other thing you and, think about is if the and, aren't calling it, it's going to go both ways. And then you know, Cogliano started crying. Um, he got hit with a clean check, and he's he starts crying around you know the ref and stuff, and then he was trying to start stuff, and you know late in the third period, Colorado actually I think it was right at the end of the game, Colorado's shenanigans starting, you know it's like you know you just you you just lost, just go to the locker room. If you want to send a message, go come back in game four and start a message, and you know so and then again like I said you know mentioned. Seemed like a couple game, you know, a couple shows ago, the, those noisemakers that they gave out in Tampa Bay, they're back and they hit the ice again. You know, they after the win, they threw the noisemakers again. It's like, come on, people, enough of this crap. Yes, yeah, if you don't, I know you, I know you don't want the noisemakers. Just I turn it off. 
Stammer was skating around. He's like, stop, enough, enough. He could read his lips. He's putting his hands like, stop, stop, enough. He was waving like, knock it off. Stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Stop, now. Ran around, just scored a goal, baby. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> scoring noisemakers. See, now I'm doing that. Now, 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 when when I score a goal here, the next time I do it, I'm gonna do the little. You know how you like wind up around your ear, and then uh, like the Hulk Hogan hand behind the ear. Uh, well, you got to get on it. Song, the song's gonna come on. I'm gonna do the little Ooh. spin around the ear and put the hand behind it. Like, hey, stop, hey, listen, goal, yeah, baby. You got to get on the ice in order to score. No, that's true. <laughs> so well, this is this is a G-rated show, so I won't talk about how else I'll score. Yeah, but go ahead, yeah, keep it going. Yeah. So you know that pretty much sums up Game Three. You know, there was just a, to- a totally different game, totally different Tampa Bay team. I mean, yeah, they're home and everything, but you know, Game Four, they're home again. That's what, the game. What a freaking! What that's a. a <sighs> This was a, a uh, I don't even know how you would describe, well, how would you describe this, D-Law? So I agree. As far as the NHL is concerned. See, um, I don't even, honestly, I don't even care about this, what happened in the first three periods of this game. I don't even care about it. And, and I'm going to let you do your thing, but I almost want to jump to the, the overtime because that's going yeah. well, to take some time to go over. Um, yeah, I just briefly, you know, as a tab, they had a great start in this one. They got an early goal, 30 seconds in, 36 seconds in. Um, you know, Kadri was back in the lineup, obviously, and Barakowski is still out. Korn, uh, he not kept his mask off, and that that's the third time in this playoffs that Kemper got a stick to the head. No, I don't. Called. That should have been called. Oh. They should have blew the whistle dead there. Well, yeah, but I couldn't understand the... Uh, they the ruling states that if there's an immediate chance for a goal, uh, they you know they let the play goal. And I mean it was like it was like a bang it was like a bang bang play. It was like as soon as as soon as how I mean it was like the goal went in is almost as simultaneously as his helmet came off. See, and that that just leaves way too much. Um, I know. <sighs> I know it's a safe, it's a safety safety issue, and I mean, I I could understand it. Um, I mean, I you know, I, you know, Look I'm 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 happy that they you know Tampa got to go on that, but from a player safety standpoint, and I as a goalie, I've had my helmet come off before that. that I think it's only happened once. And all these goalies continually get their helmets knocked off. I've only had it knocked off once. Well, I don't Marezic know why, really but takes his own off. Like he just takes yeah. it right off. And they need to be able to call. I mean, the, the hard part is well, that all of this scenario is that the referees are forced to make a judgment call. So I might see it as, hey, that's a bang bang play. Where you might see it as, hey, that's a safety issue. That's a no goal. That helmet comes off. I'm sorry. That's a safety issue from start. And, you know, there wouldn't have been an immediate chance because he would have stopped the puck. I mean, it's just it, what I'm saying is, is that there's it's just opens up too much interpretation by the refs. So, yeah, it makes it very difficult for them to do their job. And I, I give them a little leeway with that. But I agree with you on this play that it was way too close and simultaneous to really call it back. You just couldn't. 
But um, going back to my, um, you know, it was in a league game, um, and I, I'm not sure exactly how it came up. I, I know there was, like, players right along me in the crease, which that's another issue that should, probably should have been inter- goaltender interference. Um, but, you know, my helmet came off, and it, it was off probably a good five, ten seconds, and then they scored. And I get up on my helmet's laying in the face-off circle to the right of me, and I'm like, "Why wasn't the play blown dead? Why are you?" And he's like, "He counted a goal." I'm like, "My helmet came off." And the ref's just like, "Get your helmet, get back in that. It's a goal." I'm like, "All right, whatever." It's beer league. They want to get home and down to the night and collect yeah. forty bucks. Um, but you know, in this one, just. <laughs> They call you know uh, it was an offside and they but they called Tampa Bay for an intentional offside which set it all the way back. It's like I don't know why I don't understand that one. And even the you know the the, the announcers were like that's not intentional. All right, reel me back in if you need to. But can we go off topic for one second about that? The intentional offsides. Oh, Jack is. I think that's the stupidest rule ever. You're either offsides or you're not. I understand there's some strategies behind dumping it and getting offside, but I think that's the stupidest rule because people don't want to be offside. They want to go in, create pressure, and score a goal. Well, it, it also depends on the situation. Like, sometimes a team really needs a change. You know, they're, they're tired or whatever, and they just, you know, they want to whistle, and they'll just, just, just like, the only way to get the whistle is just, Go outside, but yeah, I yeah, but how can you, for, for 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 the most part, yeah, that's, that's another that's another judgment call. How do you know? I mean, you don't have John Cooper on the bench yelling, "Go offsides, go offsides." Then you could say, "Yeah, that's an intentional offsides." The coach is screaming for him to go offsides; they need a change. But you know, inadvertently, like you think the guy's going to come out of the zone just in time, and you dump the puck in, or you carry it in to put it in the corner. And they call it intentional offsides. Like, I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy into that. I just don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the, in the NHL. This is just some, some old, you know, D league scrub on a podcast talking about it. But ultimately I think that's a stupid rule. And I think that it's just a waste of waste of time in a game. I just don't think it's necessary to even, to even do that. You know, home takes a, another terrible interference penalty late in the period. Um, that was in the first period. Uh, but you know, Terry's power play struggles continues. I mean, it's just abysmal. It's something like one in sixteen or something in the playoffs. Um, and that's you know, it reminds me of Nashville's uh power play back in twenty uh was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? It was twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah, the, the year they lost in the second round. Um. But, you know, and then, you know, second period, Tampa comes out, you know, gets the goal. and But then T- Kyle comes back in the third, ties it up, and sends it to overtime, and then that's when all the crap happens. Oh, jeez. See, now there was definitely <sighs> – let's just jump in. There was definitely too many men. Can we agree on that? On Colorado. Oh, definitely. Somebody was saying there was Tampa Bay had too many, but I don't – I didn't see that part. I don't – well, Tampa Bay was in a change. They did have too many men technically on the ice, but they were within the five feet before they jumped off the bench. The players were, were 
close together. So it looks like, like technically, there were like six players on the ice, if I remember correctly. And then, but two of them were skating off. Colorado had seven actively in the play. That's where the difference comes in. It wasn't a line change. It was an, oops, I, I went too long. I got to jump back. But Kadri scored the goal, so they turned and started skating back. So a lot of the stills that the Colorado fans are pl- are throwing out there and saying, hey, Tampa Bay did it too. The difference is Tampa Bay was heading to the bench and their guys came on the ice. They were well behind the play, which that doesn't make a difference. A rule's a rule. But they had that five-foot gap. They jumped off the ice or jumped off the bench onto the ice. The guy comes off, and he's he's actively heading to the bench. Now, when Kadri scores the goal, when he's in, when he gets in on the crease, right on top of Vasilevsky, there were seven people on that ice actively in the play. Two of them turned to start skating back just before the goal started, or before the goal was scored. So that's where a lot of people are like, "Wait a second, you have seven people in this in the play, but." Colorado fans like no no that's not true the same thing with with Toronto or, uh, Tampa Bay they did the exact same thing well no no they didn't no they didn't what are your thoughts I want to hear you deal yeah but the NHL you know and and then they're saying oh well, it's not a review it's not reviewable how can it not be reviewable everything else is reviewable yeah, no I think it's one of the categories that they can't review yet I mean there's well, a lot that you can't review. But I, no, I, that's something I, that should be because it's so well, cut and dry. It's like it's that is like it. It's not like a lot of these other other things are like it's like a judgment call. Well, this is like you either have too many or you don't. It's like there's you know. Yeah, well, well, the other thing you got to think about is is that um, I think you're gonna see maybe not next year but we'll let it happen a couple more times. I just have a feeling that you're going to see the challenge of too many men on the ice. So I think you're going to really have leagues or the, the teams put cracking Uh-oh. down on that. So that's just my thought. Oh, God, here we go with more challenges. This is the, They should be re- reeling in the challenges, not getting more. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it, if it changes the outcome of a game like this one did, if if Tampa Bay could have gone back and challenged and said, "Listen, they had seven players in the the the, the play," or take away the part the penalty for a, a wrong challenge, I don't even think NFL has something like that. Will they get no, they, penalized? They just, they just lose a timeout. Uh, maybe give give NHL two timeouts and do that so they lose that a timeout. Still, that still slows the game down. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. But I think certain things should be challengeable. I think certain things should not be challengeable. And I think a too many men on the ice can result in a scenario like this. And I think they should be allowed to review it. It's To me, it's the same thing as being offside. You know, all right. And before that, in the overtime, the one of the linesmen decides he wants to check Stamkos. It's like your job is to get out of the way. Yeah, I saw you know. That. And I know linesmen. You always you know, the referees and linesmen. No, I'm not one, so I'm not sure how what they're taught to do. But I mean, to me, it sounds like you know, is a linesman or a ref, especially in the HL, you just want to just stay there. Don't move because the players are good enough where they'll 
get around you somehow. And it's like when you start moving and then they, and then the players move, it's like, oh, wait, he's moving. So they got to go. Then the ref moves again, moves the other way to try to avoid him. And then the rest, it's like, yeah, that that's, you know, that's why I, I don't know if that's what they're taught to do, to stay there, stay in one spot. But. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so I just think that it, it makes sense that as as a legend or official, especially in the higher levels where the players are good enough to, you know, they, they got a good agility, they can they can move like you know, a lot quicker than any other play, you know, you younger players. But it, it sounds it makes more sense that the linesman should just stay there and let the players go around you. Plus, they, you know, they got to stay out of the play, too. You know, their their job is not to get in the play. Their job is to watch the play and not check players. Or, or and, and there was also, I don't the know. Puck to the opposing team. Well, yeah, like he did, and I don't remember what game it was in this series. He, he actually kicked the puck to a Colorado player behind the net. And that's happened before in the playoffs. I don't know what team, but it's like, why would you, you don't don't kick the puck? You get out of the way of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You don't want to change the. You don't want to change the way the game is. You're going. you're not as a ref or linesman. You don't. Your job is not to influence the game. Your job is to just to to to, to call the game to, to 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 let the game come to you. Yeah. No, I agree. But getting back to that overtime really quick, D-Law, I mean, let's just let's just be honest with each other. I, as a Red Wings fan, cannot stand Colorado or anything about Colorado. I don't like the team. I don't care if it's past due. It already pains me that Mo Sider is – his agent is Claude Lemieux. Now, I've heard Claude, Claude Lemieux is a very good agent. It still pains me a little bit. Because he's the one that started the whole rivalry. He's single-handedly the reason I hate Colorado. I actually never minded him. Joe Sackick and those guys, I thought they were kind of fun to watch. Well, but I hate them. But anyway, I, I digress here. Colorado kept the pressure on them. They were winning that game in overtime one way or another. I just, Tampa Bay wasn't getting any of the bounces. They had no control. They couldn't keep up with Colorado. They were playing chase. Colorado was going to win that game no matter what. You know, and it pains me to say that, but that's just the truth. They were going to win that game with or without Kadri's controversial goal. Well, just before that, um, the uh, Tampa Bay had a great chance, uh, almost almost won it. They Great shot, but Kepler made a great save, and then – how many times does that happen? And the other team comes and scores, even even if they did have too many men. That's true. I get it. I get it. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was a it was a good game. It was a good game. Didn't end how I had hoped it would, but it was a it was a good hockey game. Left some controversy for the you know this time coming up. Um. So that moves into game five, and you know Tampa Bay did you know going back to Colorado, I thought they were going to be in trouble. Um. But had Colorado winning this the Stanley Cup after the first two minutes of the first game. 
Well, I don't know about that. Um, and I'm telling you, but I still don't think you can count these boys out. They came back in Game Five, and it's like it's almost like they just put Game Four and that all that shenanigans, um, NHL crap uh, behind them, like it didn't exist. Uh, that, it was that, that they had to do. They had to do it. You know, another gutsy. You know, it was close, three to two. So it wasn't a. It wasn't a. Uh, a big blowout you know style game um uh comfort had another uh another cheap high stick penalty and Tampa Bay's power play just i don't know what's going on with their power play i don't know if there's not they're not getting the pucks through colorado's playing a lot better defense you know getting in the lanes or well, but Tampa Bay's got to find a way to write the ship. You know, to, they're one in sixteen in the playoffs. They're not going to get it. You know, they're not going to come back and make that. You know, on the right side, but they can start from scratch and and try to you know just try to work. You know, get some shots in the power play. I'm not sure what the answer is for that power play, but. Maybe a greasy goal. I don't know. So a lucky goal, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, Kadri takes a very undisciplined hooking penalty. It was that little bit of karma from game four. I don't know. And then uh, I, something I do not like. This is absolutely terrible. Stamkos went down to block a shot, and the Avalanche player fell over top of him, and they give Stamkos a, pen- a tripping penalty. It's like, he didn't trip him. He was going for the block, and the guy just falls over him. I want to hear what you, your your take on this on this because yeah, it's happened. Always, it's happened more that. than once. I know. I've always hated that rule, but a trip is a trip. I mean, if I fake a shot, it's to make you go down so that I can skate around you or set up a pass and create a play because you're down on your belly. So, I mean. Well, I see it's like, okay, he's, he's, it's a hockey move. It's not in his intention is not to take him out. His intention is to slide, take up as much, you know, room on the ice as he can to block a shot. And sometimes that's inadvertent, but as a shooter, I mean, put yourself in the shooters, take, take the, take the sweaters off the guys out there. Don't, don't look at it as Colorado versus Tampa. Um, but what you got to look at is, it's a it's it's a play now if i'm the shooter and and i wind up and i come and i fake a fake a slap shot and we'll say you you slide on the ice now my th- I, I can't just, do that i'm just saying <laughs> I can't. i've done it i'll fall but I'm not intentionally um but you sit there and i'm taking a shot okay i'm i'm shooting against you're the defenseman so in my mind, I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to fake a shot, see if I can get him to bite on it. Then I'm going to pass it over to my my center and create a play while he's on his belly. It's going to create a three-on-two opportunity or two-on-one or whatever the scenario is. Now, let's say you slide and you take oh. me out before I can get that pass off, even though I faked the shot. Yeah, that should be a trip. All I wasn't t- I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, but I wasn't. Hey, you just took me out. I know. I wasn't taking you on. I was trying to block the pass or I shot. I understand that. I understand that. But 
I was going to go around you. That's why I faked a shot. Wow. So you bit my fake I just didn't like know I that. planned. You didn't know that. That's that's what I'm saying. So it's inadvertent, but I still think you got to call it. That's my opinion. You got to call it. I don't know. I, I see man, your it, side. Of, I see your it, point. It's happened more than once. By it's a, I think it's part of probably every team's kind of has been in that situation before. You know, at one time or another. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's 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 just it's tough. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, overall, like like you, you like you were just saying, Tampa Bay really bounced back this game. I thought they yeah. really came in. They played a really good game. Um, you know, Real. John Cooper got got them guys ready. He pumped them up, and that's that's something a lot of coaches can't do. Ruda was a nice goal from around the faceoff circle. It was I, I don't want to say it was a bad goal because it was a it was just a perfectly placed shot because it's just a as a goalie it was just above the pad he's going down it was just above the pads kind of like almost in it, almost in his arms well yeah that's where he shot it but um but it beat Kemper just above the pads kind of like almost under his arm under his glove and and that's I don't want to say it's a bad goal because it was a great place shot, in my opinion, because that is a tough spot for a goalie. I mean, it's like one of the ones that you can't fault as a goalie because it's like right there. It's one of the hardest spots other than right up by your ear. Right up by your ear and then right just above your pads are the two hardest spots for a goalie to save. Um just, you know, by your ear, you're not, I mean, it's just like, just, you're not going to get your hand in that close. And I mean, unless you can move your head over, you know, to hit it with your head, but usually the puck's coming so fast, you don't have time. But, you know, right above the pads, it's like that little hole. It's like you can't perfectly close it up. So I, I'm not going to say that's a bad goal for Kemp, for Kemper. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe Ruda didn't mean to, I mean, because it's such a small hole to aim there. I mean, these are the best players, and he's a defenseman, but, you know, he's going to say, yeah, I aim for that spot, but, you know, but, you know, I think Colorado outshot him in the first period again only by a couple, but, you know, and Tampa Bay wins wins on the the scoreboard, won nothing. And then the second period, Colorado seemed to to take over. Um, another bad penalty. Oh, oh no, no, no. Col- that's right. Colorado's going to get a power play, but uh, Comper took a bad penalty. Really hurt his team. They would have had a power play. Instead, he he takes you know it was a retaliation and ends up a four on four. Yeah, I, I thought. I, I agree. I agree. They you got it. This is where discipline really clicks in. Like you have to keep your composure. You know, you've got guys out there that are going to intentionally try to get under your skin and draw that retaliatory penalty every single time. And then, um, oh yeah, and then you know, this is I think it was towards the end of the second period. Maroon just all out body slams McKinnon at the whistle, and I don't know. I mean, it was at the whistle. I. Obviously, the rest didn't see it, or they don't chose not to call it. I mean, I mean, it was, it was definitely. I don't know what they would have called it. They probably could have called it, you know, unsportsmanlike. They could have called it a number of things. But I don't know what you know. If Maroon was just trying to 
you know, if he was in a battle with him or if he was just trying to injure him or what's going on. But he don't, you know, he's just fortunate that he didn't get a call. And, you know, Colorado, you know, they dominated the second period. Uh, as far as shots at goal, fourteen to eight, and they, but they both they both ended up with a goal in the second period. So, you know, Tampa Bay is just lucky that they ended up, um, you know, on on top. You know, to leading two to one after the second. I don't know if you have any comments on on the maroon body slam or not. No, I just I think it was it was kind of foolish. I think it was just he's trying to set a message. Just, um, just it was you know, necessary at the time. It, it's I mean, like, I like the copper tonight. A little bit, but I'm recording right now. <laughs> yeah, Stam Stamkos just laid out McKinnon clean. I mean, I would rather see a hit like that than trying to body slam the guy. And then going to the third period, Nikushkin gets another. A lucky goal. Um, I mean, a goal is a goal, I guess. But it was just he's getting the he's getting the bounces. Um, even though he did get injured um, later in that period, and he was subject to miss game six. I'm not sure if he's playing or not. Um, and you know, again, I don't know what McCarr is doing. He's you know, Colorado's you know third period. Tampa Bay's really coming at him. And you know they really need Colorado really needed a uh, really needed a whistle, and they got an icing. Avalanche iced the puck, but Makar, um, you know he was faking an injury. Why I don't know. I don't know if he was because the ice the puck. He thought maybe he could get off the ice that way. Uh, he ended up staying on the ice, so obviously he wasn't injured. And you know he was he sure didn't look after the whistle after the puck drop. He sure didn't look injured. Yeah, I mean it's it's all part of the game. That's what they all do. Just what it is. And uh, so Nikushkin Nikushkin is playing in Game Six. So he that was a question coming into Game Six. Um, and they did they did I think it was kind of probably a makeup from Game Four. Uh, Colorado did did get. Uh, Get called for too many players at the end of the third period, so they, they didn't miss that one. Well, it's not Kinda necessarily like, makeup; it's just that they, the NHL caught enough heat about it that they have to start calling it. Well, kind of like they did when was it Carolina or somebody? You know, they missed something like that. I mean, the Carolina I don't remember if it was this playoffs or last year or what it was, but it seems to be Carolina. Or maybe it was Florida. Carolina had too many players, or Florida, or somebody they didn't call it. I don't remember if it was this year or not, but so it seems like a, that the same issues keep coming up for the NHL. And then uh, Plot again with a huge goal uh, that you know in the third period that was that was actually before Colorado got the, the too many players, um, and so we we kind of breezed through those four games, and that, you know that leads to the game six. Uh, um, Tonight in Tampa Bay, that's 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 three two. Yeah, because because games if there will be a game seven, it'll be Tuesday. So um, we'll probably get to do a show on Wednesday or Thursday this week, and uh, and then who knows what that'll do? You know, we'll be in off season mode. Um, Yep. um, Because um, 
know, the AHL, I don't want to, I guess I can jump into some AHL news stories um, before you go into your rant room um, real quick. Um, I think that might be a long one. But, uh, no, you know, Chicago, you know, Chicago won the Calder Cup. Uh, they did it in five games, and they won four straight. They lost the first game to Springfield. And then, um, but they did it a, a season too late because uh, Nashville had players in Chicago last year. It would have been interesting for uh, some of the Nashville players to win it, but I guess it wasn't meant. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't really load up the team. That Milwaukee did it for financial reasons. Um, yeah. But moving on, uh, there's a lot of coaching, just coaching, uh, coaching and uh, stuff. You know, yeah, let me talk about uh, the first, and, and then we can dive into a couple other ones if you don't mind. I just want to uh, yeah. pick up. Okay, yeah, I haven't really heard. My guess is after. The Stanley Cup Finals is over. You're going to hear an announcement about one of the two coaches being taken by the Detroit Red Wings. There's now a rumor that John Cooper wants to follow Iserman and recreate the, the successes for Detroit. And I personally, I think if John Cooper wants to go down in the history books with the Scotty Bowmans, with um, Pat Burns, um, even um, Trotzy, he's got to make a jump to a team and build them up from ground to nothing. Because if he can take Detroit from zero to hero, like he did with Tampa, or like yeah, like he did with Tampa Bay. So if, if Cooper wants to keep his legacy, if he wants to grow his legacy, and he wants to be, you know, up there with the Patty Burns, like I had said, and and you know the the Barry Trotzes and the Scotty Bowmans, he's got to really show that he can coach a team from nothing to something. He did it in Tampa Bay, so the the proof is somewhat in the pudding. Like. You have a you have a GM that can draft solid, sound players who are going to be with the team for a long time. Like you're you're building like like Eisenman's doing in Detroit. He's creating a culture. He's building depth. He's cutting the old. That's why Darren Helm is gone. But you've got you've got him bringing guys up the organization. I mean, Detroit's going to be one of the youngest teams next year. They need a coach that can groom and grow these kids quickly. And there's not a better guy out there than John Cooper. Like I said, he's he's already proven it with Tampa Bay. So now he's obviously got the buy-in with Iserman. Like, okay, I trust this GM. He knows how to give me the pieces that I need to win. We have a good working relationship. You know, I, I don't even know who the GM of, of Tampa Bay is, nor do I care. The bulk of that team, the studs, the all-stars, the core – of Tampa Bay, who continues to win cup after cup and now fighting for a third cup, that was Steve Eiserman's team. He doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get credit for it, nor should he, because he was not a part of the organization. But he built that team from the ground up, put a coach in there that could groom and grow these guys, and look at what's happened. So now let's take that and jump over to Detroit. I mean, how can you not have John Cooper in the conversation for one of the best coaches of all time? 
he took one team from zero to hero, jumped to another team, took them zero to hero. I mean, how, how do you how do you argue that? I don't know how anybody could argue that. So I I have a feeling, folks, that I, I I'm just taking a guess here. I think you're going to see John Cooper as the next Detroit Red Wings coach. Now, if that doesn't happen, then it's going to be Derek Lalonde, who is John Cooper's right-hand man. Either way, my prediction is that the Tampa Bay organization is going to be filling one of its coaching vacancies in the offseason because of a Detroit move. So I believe it. I'm going to wait for it, and I think that's why Detroit hasn't pulled the trigger on anything yet. Well, that's interesting. I didn't. I never even thought of that. Um, but so was Cooper hired by Eiserman? I don't know if he's he been was there. hired by Eiserman. He's, he's been, been there, there for quite a while. But I mean, Eiserman was choosy with the team that he went into. He didn't just jump in and say, "Yep, I'm going to GM anyone that wants to take me." He had an open spot in Detroit for anything he pretty much wanted except the GM. So he wanted a GM role. He's, he was in the front office of Detroit and moved out to Tampa Bay. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to look that up. I'm not sure. But either way, Cooper developed the guys that Eisenman gave him and took him to multiple Stanley Cup runs and two Stanley Cup championships going for their third. So I have a feeling that Eisenman is going to try to get that same success back into – um, Detroit using the Cooper method. I draft the players. He grooms the players. We go to a victory. Wow. Um, actually, before I go into some of the coaching stories, I just want to kind of jump it around here. So I don't, I don't, um, I, I, um, um, so that was your Red Wings news. Um, I got some Predators news. Um, uh, so, they, Forsberg was offered an eight-year contract. Uh, I don't know. There was they didn't. Re, I haven't seen any what the, what it was worth. Um, Did he sign? I haven't. Even but um, he he only the Preds. Uh, actually, um, yeah, only the Preds can offer more than seven years. So if I mean. And Poyle did say, I mean, obviously Forsberg wanted to play with, you know, with the Predators. I don't know if, if he wants a long time term contract. I don't know if he wants eight years. He didn't sign um, But he no, um, he was offered it. But Poyle was saying he is free to shop around. So look around at other teams, what they have, and then sign. Um, with the Predators, if he wants to. Um, so, move. but he doesn't, I mean, it's, I mean, they offered him. Don't you, offered think, him, if you, but, don't you they, think if he wanted to sign, he would have already? They offered him the kick, but, I mean, I, I, I think. Does he really want to be there? Does he really want to be there? I think he, if he, I. If he really wants to be there, then he would have, he would, he would sign, you know, the first adequate you know, respectable offer that he's given. And he has I haven't well, yeah, but I yeah, I, I still think, you know, it's the predators are in the driver's seat with this one. Um because no like I said, no 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 other team can offer him eight year contract. They can only offer him seven or less. 
Now, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Forsberg. I mean, Forsberg probably wants a nice long contract. I don't know. Does he want or does he want? Sure, I don't know. Um, I'd give Forsberg eh, three or four years. I'd load eh, him up in cash as a player and heavy. As a player, I would definitely want an eight-year contract. As a player, I would want an eight-year contract because you know at least I know I'm like oh I you know I'm got you know a long-term future. Yeah, but that's not always you know, true. Eight, that's eight not years. Structured, eight, put it, I mean, but at least I'm guaranteed eight years. I'll get paid for eight years because even if I decide to. That's not always even, true. There's not even, always guaranteed money. It's not guaranteed, but if you're under contract for, say, eight years, even if, reti- if you retire, you still get that money. Or if you get traded or, you know, Again, it depends on how the you still get the written. money. It depends on how it's written because but as a player you still get that you still get that money you still know that you have a future he's like oh well i'm yeah, no, in a way in a way but i mean again if the contract is written where they front load his contract so he's going to get 90 percent of his money up front in the first few seasons then if he becomes a scrub at the end of the year they just trade him away no harm no foul he'll be under contract he'll go to somebody else he'll be a low salary cap so i mean i i understand that that part of it, but that doesn't guarantee that he's going to be getting big money for eight years. I mean, to you and I, a million dollars is big money. To well, a guy like Forsberg, a million dollars is a slap in the face. I, I think we'll find out sometime this week. Uh, July 1st is coming up on Friday, so I think we're going to find out. Uh, All I know is that if I'm the Predators fans, I'm nervous. Because the I, I'm not, offer was given there. The I'm not. Given, I'm not too nervous. He's. Yeah, I, I, I'm, How about this scenario? Look at look at the mule from Detroit. Johan Franzen didn't play a game for like five years, six years, and he still had to be on the Wings roster as long-term IR because of his contract. There hasn't been a, another contract like that written since. So I really have a hard time seeing the the Predators doing something like that. With Forsberg, I mean, if he goes out and gets injured day one of next season and is he's done for the year, and then he comes back and he can't play as good, now you've got a, a multi-million. I don't even know what it's what what they offered him, but now you've got a multi-million-dollar paperweight because he's got he's injured. He could be lingering injuries. I mean, there's so many scenarios that you have to think about as a GM. It's not just well, let's get this guy locked up. You got to think about the team and the future of the team. So, yeah, he, he's phenomenal right here and now, but five years down the road, will he be putting up the same production? That's to be determined. But if he starts to teeter downward, why, why would Nashville want to keep him? They're going to try anything they can to get rid of him. Like, holy cow, we've got all this money we owe him. We've got to get this guy out of here. So, I mean, there's so many factors that goes into decisions like this. And this is not a slam at Poyle. I mean, he's put a team together that's been competitive every single year. I think he's doing some things not great, but, um, you know, but I like what Iserman's doing where every contract is, you you prove it to me. You proved to me like Bertuzzi. He could have given Bertuzzi, you know, five, six years. He's like, yeah, we'll go to arbitration and, yeah, you'll win it. And we'll pay you for a season and we'll revisit next year to see if you should still be a Red Wing. I mean, I'm certain he's going to be. But, again, it comes down to, you know, you got to prove to me. 
I'm not just going to hand you over money and then you start coasting through because you got your payday. I mean, how many times have we seen that in the NHL where guys move around and they're just not good anymore? I mean, it happens all the time. So I think that's still one to, to watch. I don't think that's sealed in the bag. I don't think that's, you know, 100% ready to go. I, I think you got to kind of watch that one. I think that one's you – know, that could go a couple of ways. It could go really bad for the Predators – in two different scenarios. A, they lose them, that's a bad scenario. Or B, they pay him, they overpay him to keep him, and that's another bad scenario. So that's Poyle's got his hands full with this one. And I don't think Forsberg is doing the Predators any favors. Yeah, he might say he wants to be a Predator, he wants to stay there, but does he really? I think you're just trying to make something of nothing like you do in a lot of issues. No, I'm I'm being serious. Like I, again, I I watched Johan Franzen get paid a lot of money. That's a different years. story, though. Why is that a different story? It's a different. It's a different team. It's a different player. It's a different organization. Different time. You realize he was going to be a Hall of Famer had his career not been ended. He was playing phenomenal hockey, and then he got injured, and he was out. Maybe not a Hall of Famer. That that could be a stretch. But he was he was very similar to a Forsberg, just a different style of player. But they had to pay him because of his contract. The contract screwed him. He did not have a team-friendly contract. Now, I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, and I'm not trying to do that because you think everything I say about the Preds, it's negative. I automatically hate the Predators, which is wrong. I'm going to go on the record right here to anybody that listens. Episode 22 Rant and Ron is admitting, I do not hate the Predators. You moron! I actually like the Predators. You moron! Why, why, why do, why do we gotta keep repeating moron? I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you think I'm trying to create something that I'm not. I'm just so trying. you're just playing devil's advocate. Exactly. I mean, you got to look at it, and from all aspects. I mean, you don't think Poyle's going to the table saying, "All right, just sign anything you want." Because I'm sorry, if a GM walks to me, I want $100 million for three years. I'll make it four years. So you give me $25 million guaranteed every year, and then we'll have you know, some additional, maybe make it $105 million. And that $5 million is contingent on my play and perks and other things. I mean, I, I mean that's, what, that's what I would do. I mean, you, but you have to think of it in so many different – I mean, you have to look at it in so many different aspects of, of being a GM. just want to backtrack for a second. Um, now, I know a couple shows, or last show, we met, we were talking about how <sighs> scoring chances. Is that an actual stat, or is that something the uh, TV network has does their own stats? I have no idea. That's a good because question. I still don't know. I just saw something. Game six, uh, the Lightning outshot Colorado ten to eight in the first period. But yes, ABC, ESPN gave Tampa Bay one scoring chance. Now, obviously, I haven't been able to watch because we're doing something else more important. Um, but you got ten shots on goal, and you'll get one scoring chance. Yeah, they to, could be 
but they, they to, to me to me it, well first of all as far as if it's a shot on goal to me it's a scoring chance i agree because as long as it hits it's, it's on line. net it's on net you never know what the goalie's going to do i mean the goalie could be sleeping i've seen it before i've seen it happen to me before it, you know, I've had goals scored maybe from the center ice. I don't think NHL. I don't think any NHL goalies have had that. Uh, if they have, they shouldn't be in any NHL if they give up a goal from center ice or yep. further. But um, I don't think that's ever even ever happened. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I, just a quick thing. I don't know. I, I just don't think. To me, you know, one one score. That's I don't know. I I don't know. I, I, I and I don't you know. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I, their coverage is. I don't know if it's just if I'm not looking at it objectively, but it seems like they're more one sided. Seems like everything's Colorado to ABC. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard though. I mean, you gotta. Th- you also have to consider like. Tampa Bay's been in the last three Stanley Cup finals. People are sick of them. The announcers included. They're human as well. They're probably, unless they're from Tampa Bay, they're probably sick of seeing Tampa Bay in there, and they want a change, but you just, you don't know. But yeah, I've seen it. I've, I've listened to it. So, uh, getting back to the Predators, um, well, we beat the, For- the Forsberg horse enough. Um I, would like to see, I personally would um, like to see him stay in, in Nashville. He's a great face for that team, but we'll, we'll move on. I just wanted to see um, the record. The Preds get snubbed again, uh, this time in the awards uh, ceremony, awards show or whatever they want to call that. Um, Yoshi, Yoshi should have gotten to, to, to Norris again. Um, he, he, had a, he got snubbed. He, he, he had 25 points away from the Norris Trophy. He had 96 points this season. He set, you know, numerous, you know, franchise records. He had a career year. I mean, he was, he's, that, that that was his. And they gave it to a guy that's in the play, in the Stanley Cup final. I think that's the only reason why they gave it to McCarr. And that, and he's a young player. That's what the NHL wants. The young stars, Yossi's getting older in age. They don't want him getting a Norris trophy. They want somebody that's young and the just the face of the NHL, as they like to call it. Um, and then, of course, you know, he was seventh in the Calder voting. Um, he led all rookies in goals with 24. Not sure why he wasn't first or second. Um, obviously, you know, you know, maybe if he led points, he would have been first. But, I mean... T- to lead rookie goals, that's you know, that's you know, twenty four is not 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 a bad thing. No, and then, no, and I don't think. And then you know, Saros, he was third in the Vezina voting, which you probably didn't even believe that because you've hated him until well, he talked you off the ledge with that dude. I don't think he's as good as Pekarene, and I still don't. Yeah, well, maybe not, maybe not yet. But I know you want to talk about the Calder. Yeah, I mean. I, I think Janot got snubbed a little bit. I don't think he was sixth. I think he should have been ahead of Bunting. Um, but I do think Cider. I I you know I didn't want to say it on the air. Didn't I, I say who did I? Uh, if I had to pull that up, I should have pulled that up in one of our past shows. Um, didn't I call it? Or did I say Raymond? 
I don't remember which was going to win the Calder. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I think Sider deserved that win. He had a, he had a career year as a rookie. I mean, he was out there doing things that grown men weren't even doing. And just the way he grew and developed over time, like I, I would find it difficult not to see him in some kind of a letter on his jersey next year. I just I think he's had, you know, his his upside is huge, but he's smart. He's physical. He can score. He can pass. He creates plays. You know, he's not just a one trick pony. He can do more than just the Michigan. You know, he, he that's just he's a much better. I just think I just think that's a much deserved win, and that's not and because I'm a Wings fan. The Detroit's second uh, rookie defenseman to win the Calder. Um, you know him, and he joins Great Lidstrom in that. I in don't that think Lidstrom won it. Lidstrom didn't win the Calder. No. Who the heck won the Calder in his rookie year, or did he not have a good rookie season? That's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, no, I don't. I, mean, think, I don't think he caught won the Calder because, um, yeah, I'm pretty. No, he didn't. He did not win the Calder. So that's he's won the Norris Trophy. He's won the Conn Smythe Trophy, um, but he did not win. He did not win the Calder. So is that the first Calder? No, I can't. No, that doesn't. No, 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 no okay. No, no. I was say because they've been around for. 200 years, probably. Yeah, I don't even well, know that maybe. trophy came in. No, in NHL, they probably started like in 1950. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, actually, um, so we kind of like skipped over, you know, mo- moving into the Predators news. So, um, before, you know, head into some of the coaching news, the NHL news, um, I think it's time that time of Time a week again for the. Are we there? You are now entering the right room. All right, everybody. Welcome to the 22nd show here and the episode's rant room. Now, I know D-Law is hiding behind his keyboard somewhere, and we're going to hear a doorbell before you know it because him and I argued about this, and I sent the proof to him about 10 minutes ago because um, he didn't believe me and whatever. This week's rant room, as much as I want Tampa Bay to win this series, Corey Perry is the subject of the rant room this week. Real scumbag move by him on, on Comfer in Game 2. So you got to hold on. You can come in, but let me explain the scenario before you hijack the rant room. So you come on in. Come on in, D-Law. Are you in? Yeah, I'm letting you in. You can come in, but you got to, you got to. Jesus Christ. (laughs) The door is broke. Apparently. So the way that it worked was, so Confer and Perry are wrestling around on the ground. And Comfer's on his back. So that, wait a minute, they're, 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 they're wrestling around, so how is that? Hang on, let me explain, let me explain. Where You you are in my rant room, so you, you hold tight. So they're wrestling around on the ground. You see Perry, actually, as he's getting up off the ice, you see him 
grab Comfer's leg and slide it towards him a little bit and then puts his knee right on his ankle. Puts his knee on the ankle and starts putting all of his weight on his ankle, pretending to get he up. He didn't grab his leg. They're you wrestling need, around. You need to watch it again. Listen to the announcers. Because, yes, no. yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was wrestling around to get up. No, he wasn't looking to get up. He put his, well, he was his knee on, on his ankle and he I... sat there for a minute to where the referee mm. saw it finally and actually tackled him off of Comfer. So go ahead and watch the video I sent because I'm about to rant on D-Law tonight. I'm going to change Corey Perry to D-Law. I don't. I don't. I, I sent don't. you the video. I Please saw it. watch the video again. I he saw, moved his leg. I saw into, the video. I saw the wrestling around, and I saw him get up, and then they go to the penalty box. And did you see they, the ref tackle him? I don't. He didn't tackle him. Uh, watch it. You didn't watch the video. He. I don't he know. Did not watch the video. I saw it on the show. No, I don't give a crap then, about the show. This is the rant room, and I'm going to get ranted well, up here. This is my and rant. Then, and you then, need to watch it. You need to watch it again. Watch I the saw them wrestling around. I saw them get up, and then they gave Perry an unspecial iconic for something. I don't know what. Well, my God, what do you think it was for? Well, he didn't it wasn't get for It wasn't for mouthing off. He didn't get it. He intentionally tried to hurt the guy. Well, I think the NHL I don't know dropped about the ball that. by not suspending. He didn't get a hearing or suspension, so and obviously the, he didn't intentionally do it. Okay, then Indomitian Sue never did anything wrong in his career either. Well, Ever. That's a not once. Sport. It's not. A, it doesn't it's matter. Not, it's it's totally different. Thing. It's a totally different it situation. Right now, leg slide, knee immediately. Mm. Go, go to, I'll tell you exactly where in the video. If anyone wants this video, I will send it to him. Go to seven seconds in the video, pause it, and play it from seven seconds on. You're going to watch how fast his knee comes up, and at seven, even go six, because at six seconds you see him move the leg towards him. And then mm. the knee, watch the knee. No, he's wrestling. He's getting him, up. No, I don't. You don't see his at, at, at nine No, he's seconds. getting up. He's not getting up. He's, he's getting up. He got... He's not getting up. He is on his knee, putting all his weight on his knee, pretending oh. to get a breather, not getting up. He's pretending to get a breather while he's putting mm. all of his weight on Comfer's legs. And then, he didn't put all his weight there. Believe me, if he oh wanted to put all God. his weight. He did put all of his weight. His right leg is almost off the ground. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think you're just making something. All right. I need any any of our listeners, please, for the love of God, chime in on this. Because D Law is so far out in left field, it's actually frustrating to have this this rant room this week. But D Law, I guess it's D Law's rant room this week. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What Corey Perry did was dirty. It was scumbag, and he des- he deserved he deserved a game suspension for it. Well, he didn't get suspended, so I know he didn't get suspended. He deserved to get suspended. And Comfer wasn't injured. If you watch it, they show it twice. The ref, the referee wearing the number 95 on his arm, dives into Perry right at six, seven, eight, nine, and then pushes him. Look at you got to watch it. Watch the video I sent you, not the face. I just did. Okay. I just, so how did you, I are just you blind? Did. Are you blind? Do you have your blind stick next to your computer? I didn't, I didn't see the ref pull him off. 
He's getting up and look at look at how he pushed the rough, off his leg. The ref is over top of him. Oh, for crying out loud! Can I say a sentence? The ref, what the heck? The ref's trying to pull him off. The ref's not trying. He pushes him off his leg. He looks right down and sees it. And even the announcers had said in the game, they go, "Oh, Corey Perry's putting all of his weight on his leg." Oh, that's oh, that's just. They said that right in the middle of the game. Why do you think the referee? I mean, have you ever in your career playing or watching hockey? Have you ever seen a referee? push another player physically put his hands on another player who was on his knees trying to just stand up just stand up he's just trying to stand up have you ever they seen did the- they did it to me but i wasn't on the ice yeah i don't care about that that wasn't on the ice but have you ever seen a referee push somebody so hard that they why would he removed why would he do that if he was only trying to get up why would the he referee would- even do that that's what I mean. Why would he do that? Why did he do that? Because he saw Perry's knee on Comfer's ankle. Plain as day. Clear as day. I mean, if you can't see Well, they were wrestling around, and he might have been on his leg, but he wasn't putting all his weight onto it. I guess Well, I guess there's only one person we got to ask. A, I, I need to put a lock on the rant room door. I guess this. I guess there's only one person we, get, we, sh- we need to ask, and that's Corey Perry. No, I think we asked the referee what he saw and why he oh. did. Corey Perry's gonna say, "Of course, I didn't do anything." But, I mean, look at if you watch. I'm I'm gonna break this down play by play. Okay, so so jump to jump to eleven. No, ten seconds. Okay, pause it at ten seconds exactly. Well, uh, speaking of that, this series is getting pretty physical. I know it is. But go, we're not out of the, the rant room yet. We're close, but we're not there yet. Put your put your phone, put put your screen, or however you want to view this, at ten seconds and pause it. And tell me when you got it. We're gonna walk this through step by step. I don't see it. It's a fifteen. Okay, go to nine seconds. Rewind it to where it stops at nine seconds. Nine. Yep. You yeah. See Corey Pierce. He's up. No, he's not up. His left well, look at his left knee. Pr- pretty much where, up. Where, okay, here we go. No. Here nine. we go. Where's his left knee? Where's Corey Perry's left knee? It's on the ice. You are dumb. You are dumb. I'm watching it. Pause the thing at nine seconds. Do you know what pause nine, means? Nine. Pause. Hit the pause button. And look yeah, at where his knee is. It is not on the ice. If you need a better on, prescription, like, if you think that's on the ice, uh, it looks like it's on his leg, but he's getting up. Oh, it is on his leg. Look at but his it, right leg. Where's it, his it, right leg? It's up in the air. Okay, so where would all of his weight be? On his left leg. Where's his left well, leg? No, no, his, no, 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 no. Where's his, his right, left leg? His right foot's on the ice, though. So that's his I weight. don't give a sh- of, He's not flying out there. He doesn't have wings. Yeah, of course, his right leg's on the ground. Where's his know, left knee? Where's his? Le- We're gonna break uh, this down. I want you to explain uh, it to me. Where's his left leg at night? I I just don't think it's intentional injury. I don't, I don't I mean, care what you think. I'm breaking this down. Yeah, an intentional an intentional injury is when somebody slits through up. Hit, okay. hit somebody in the so head Indomitian of Sue, So Indomitian Sue is never... That's, a di- a, that's totally different sport. It's the I don't same know what scenario. He did. The exact same scenario. No, and then Sue, he just slew-footed people. Sue? Slew-footed people? 
on a football field? He would take his You're leg mixing and sports take up. up. I don't know. I've never seen that one. But I've seen him step on ankles and put all of his weight and continue well, walking. He did it to Aaron Rodgers. But anyway, that's football. But I'm going to nine seconds where the ankle or the knee is on the ankle. It is obvious, plain as day, knees on the ankle. Right foot is right knee and right leg is off the ice, meaning all of his weight is now on the left knee of Comfer's ankle. There's no disputing that. If you even want to take the well, headset off and get down on your uh, get down on the ground and put your left knee on a pillow or something and then lift your right leg up and then tell me where all your weight is, you're gonna say, "Oh, it's on the pillow." Yeah, his skate is his his skate's on the ice, though. So what? You can well, keep your leg yeah, down. I'll, I'll where, where, do you want, where do you want him to, to put it? Oh, his weight is You can lift the leg off the ice, like right now. Me. Next time I see you, I'm going to have you lay down in the parking lot. I'm going to put all of my weight on your left ankle, and then I'm going to lift my – I no, I'm just going to put my, my leg on your ankle. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up my right leg, driving all my weight into your ankle, and I'm going to let you feel the difference. But now, so we can get this rant room over and move forward here, at nine seconds you see Perry put the knee down, and then at – Okay, so the knee's still there. Now at 11 seconds, you see the ref immediately and quickly grab Perry, who's not doing anything. He's just getting up in your book. So to have hands on Perry while he's trying to get up is completely inappropriate if that's what Perry was doing. If he's just getting about, like if I fell on the ice, and I, or if I'm wrestling with somebody, and we just separate, and I'm standing up, and he tries to push me off and tackle me back to the ice, I'm going to be pissed off. Why did you do that? I was just trying to stand up and skate back to the bench. Why did you do that? You had no right to put your hands on me. It's you know, not a situation worse. This guy jumps into the play, pushes Perry as hard as he can from his knees. You can see it clear as day that that's what had happened. It's not like he do that. It's not like he stomped on his on the guy's foot like he did with Johnson Blum. When he was with when Perry was on the docks, but now I, that that was intentional because he actually stomped on him. He's not he's not gonna he's not gonna do it on purpose. Like he's not gonna make it obvious. That's what that's well he, that's what you well do. he did he did it on he did it again on Blum when he stomped on Blum's foot. Okay, do you think he learned? Do you think he learned a lesson? Well, yeah, because he hasn't okay. done that since. So, yeah, so now what he's doing is he's gonna do it more discreetly. Well, I, I don't know. It, it, so, so in other words, you're saying that Colorado doesn't do any of that? I didn't say that. I have not seen that. I mean, this is well, blatant, dirty. I don't know. Colorado's been throwing some pretty dirty hits. I agree with that. I don't disagree with that. But a dirty hit, I mean, that, that can be part of the game. You That's know, an hitting, it, 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 hitting, and, but, it hit intentionally trying to hurt see, but them. These, but these are two different aspects, like – Boarding, I see that. You know, a late check, I see that. Getting the arm up, I see that. I mean, those are things that happen at full speed in a game. It happens. Sometimes it's intentional. Yeah, of course. But it's during a gameplay. This is after a whistle. There's no way to hit somebody. There's no way to check somebody. The whistle's done. The scrum's over. You know, we're getting back to the play. 
And it, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my God, I see a knee there. Or I see an ankle. I'm just going to pretend like I'm getting up. I'll look around. I'm going to throw my knee into his ankle. And I'm going to gradually, slowly sit up like, man, I got to catch my breath. But I'm going to keep putting that weight on this dude's ankle. But nobody's going to know I'm doing it because I'm just catching my breath. Now I'm going to try getting up. I'm going to drive the weight a little bit deeper into his ankle. Well, the referee catches wind of all this. He sees it going down exactly for what's happening. So he tackles him off of Confer. So, yeah, that was a dirty play by Corey Perry. The announcers agree. I agree. D-Law doesn't agree. That's okay. Please, any fan, even if it's just one of you, just give your thoughts. Even if you disagree with me, I'm okay with that. I just want to settle the debate here. But that's what I have for the rant room. I so does that. Dirty. I think so a dirty scumbag for Corey Perry to play that way. So does that play that way? So does that make Perry a dirty player? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. So I guess that means he's got a history uh, doing. He's got a history of doing dirty things. He's been suspended before in his career, and then he pulls a play like this. Yeah, that was dirty, and he's a dirty player. He is. So I, I guess that means that Forsberg is a dirty player in your book. Who? Forsberg. For what? Uh, for, um, I don't know. He's had some, uh, questionable hits. I haven't seen any questionable hits. It's hockey. Hitting happens. So what's the difference? What's the difference? This was after, this was not a hockey related play. They were wrestling around. That's it. Wasn't a hockey related play. The whistle was over. You said he was just trying to stand up. He wasn't wrestling around when he was trying to get up. You said he was trying to get the wrestling match was over. Okay, so the wrestling match was over, yet the ref still had to intervene and push him as hard as he could off well, of Confer's leg. Why do you do that if the play's over and Corey Perry's only trying to stay? He was trying to get up. So why push him? Let him get uh, up. Don't ask me. Ask the ref. I don't have to ask the ref. But the refs are pyro. The linesmen, they're questionable. Well, the linesmen throw a check, so. I don't disagree with that either. But I, I the one thing I will say is he intervened. He intervened with this incident for a reason, and that's because he was throwing all of his weight on Confer's ankle, which was dirty and cheap. I'm sorry. It was. And that's the rant room, folks. We can close the door on this week's issue. Thank you, sir. Hey, did you stay in the rant room or did you leave? All right. So we can move to the NHL stories. A lot of coaching stories. Um. This has been interesting. Well, it's kind of been fun to so, watch you coach so. You know, Trotz, you know, he... Hold on, call- I want to say something for the record, D-Law. I'm interrupting you, and I know this is probably... You're going to call me out for it. But the rant room we just had, that is no ill will between D-Law and Rant and Ron. None at all. It's just a conversation. We get heated about things. It is zero ill will. You know, you're more just- on I, I'm a moron. I know that. But anyway, All right. jump, jump back in. So coming off the trust uh, rejection of the Flyers um, multi-year uh, offer. Did you think uh, he would sign there, D-Law? Did you think he would Nah, actually... no, I don't, I, it, I don't know why I thought off either. Well, they're trying anything. Um, but Trash came out and decided he's not going to coach next season, um, because of um, you know his family. He wants to wants to spend more time with his family. Uh, he just bought a house in Nashville, so um, I, I, 
could. I, I, I want to dig into this a little bit more, but I want to cut, talk about the, some of the other coaches first. No, but um, I think this is with, good... with, with the with the trust decision. It leads to some possibilities of him joining the Preds at some point in the front office with this new ownership coming, and the new ownership is. You know, uh, Haslam has really he's come out and said he's really he really feels about you know strong about the future of the Predators. He thinks they're going the right direction, even though they kept Hines. Um, maybe he kind of got let out on that one. He'll learn. He'll learn that Hines isn't the man. Um, but he's come out. He's he's come out and said that you know that he likes the direction that with the the Predators franchise on and off the ice and the great great fan base and so it, it sounds like it sounds like happen. it sounds like this new ownership is um is a good thing. You realize what's about to happen, right? Um, Poyle is going. He's hitting the road. My speculation. I mean, are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that Trotz is going to become GM? I would recommend that theory. Yes. <sighs> you know, you see, I mean, bought a house in Nashville. Poyle can't get the job done. Trotz is a winner. Trotz has a history with Nashville. Why would you not bring? I him? yeah, but I, I see him more in more of a front office move. Uh, you know, like more like an executive. I, I don't what, see though? for what I, Why did you put him as an executive. I, I don't see Trotz. Brain works. He's not a business I, guy. I don't see Trotz as a GM. Why I just you? don't. I just don't. Why? He. I just don't think he's he's a great coach. But I don't think. I just don't see him as a general manager. He's he not. not he. He. Not he. And and. He would almost have to take an assistant general manager. I wouldn't just throw him into Which the wolves. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so would you would you hire him? I mean, obviously they have an assistant GM now, but would you bring him in as assistant GM under Poyle and think, you know, because then Poyle would think, oh wait a minute, they're grooming him for my job, or maybe yeah, Poyle's going to retire. Of course, or maybe Poyle. Poyle's going to be forced out. That's just my opinion, because this is he's gone way too many seasons without making a splash anywhere. Besides. I think. Well, I, I just don't see him getting fired. I think um, I see Poyle. He's already um, along with the GM. I think he's an executive. But in I don't know if he's executive vice president or some some other title in the Predators organization. I see him retiring. Well, maybe not. Uh, retire might not be the word, right word. Um, I don't want to say step down, but or, I, I, I just see him relinquishing the GM role and then becoming more involved in the Predators' high, you know, not maybe not as not necessarily ownership, but you know, in the exec, you know, like the you know president or vice president or somewhere in that aspect. Um, maybe in the financial area of the business, but I, I just, I see him staying. I just, I just stay him. I just see him staying in the prayers organization, but not as a GM. 
Well, why would what I mean? What for what? What would he? I mean, like ideally, what role would he have? Probably more like he is now. Um, a coach? No. Um, he, I mean, he's definitely doing something oh. in Nashville because him buying a house in Nashville is huge news. Uh, I was not gonna pull on that. I was not gonna pull on that trots. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were talking oh, about trots. Po- so what would Poyle oh, do? He can pack oh, his po- stuff and get the first plane out he, to somewhere else. He's the president of hockey operations, along with the general manager. So, so I see him staying with us, be uh, leaving the general manager, but staying as a president in the organization. But I didn't realize it. He played for the Rochester Americans. Did he? I didn't know that. I don't know what year. No kidding. Um, That'd been cool. I'm not sure what year he played. I just noticed. I just saw that. Uh, well, he played 1960 to 1971, so probably one of those years. So there's another Rochester connection for the Predators, along with um, their their um. Their equipment manager, or maybe that's Buffalo, or Roger. Uh, maybe that was Rochester. Well, in any case, um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see why Trotz he doesn't want to call. I mean, he he obviously wants to take a break, take a break, as he's been coaching for quite a few years now. I don't think he's had a break since he left the Predators. Um. Because I think he went right to Washington and then uh, the Islanders, so it's probably twenty some years. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know, D-Law. I think I think I could see him. I think I could see him being a GM. That's just me. I could be. Yeah, wrong. I. I That's just. I don't know. I just don't. Off the cuff. Maybe you know he might be good. You know, you never know. But I just I never thought of him as a general manager. Well, at the end of the day, plain and simple, there's obviously a reason he bought a house in Nashville. Um, you know, it was high profile when he moved in there. So, well, he's there's a, re- there's a reason he's there. There's something going on that he's going to be a part of. And if- he's lived there for he's lived there. You know, he's like he was the only coach for quite a few years. Um, was it 2016? 2015, 2016, somewhere on there when he let he got let, let go. Um, so it was quite a long time. So he you know knows the area and stuff and likes Nashville and so you know that's probably one of the main factors why he bought a house there. Um, but there has been a slew of coaches. Uh, DeBoer, uh, everybody was thinking. Um, he came from Vegas, right? Yep. Um, the, I heard. I actually heard that he might go back to Florida, but I don't think. I just heard that once. I don't know, but uh, he's going to Dallas. Dallas hired DeBoer, so and I've seen a lot of um, a lot of social media that to hide their goalies. Ottinger, Ottinger, and I don't remember the other guy. Oh, they're screwed. They just got Bishop. I glad. I bet you Bishop's happy. Bishop got out of there at the right time. Yeah, that guy's a boob. Now I don't 
I don't, I know we talked about it before, but I'm not sure why this came up as far as him being hard on goalies. He was fine was in Florida. Of, it was because of Flurry. Or not, I'm sorry. Yeah, Flurry and. Uh, um, he didn't have the issue in Florida, did he? I don't remember. But I know he had it with. Well, maybe, 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 maybe it was Flurry. Well, Leonard's just a drunk, and Flurry, maybe Flurry, Flurry's a hothead. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna defend DeBoer because I don't, and I just don't think he's. I mean, he he had good years in Florida, although um, I think most of the time he was there, they didn't have a good team. But so it's gonna be interesting to see Dallas. Um, they were kind of you know late. They they were right on the cusp of the playoffs. They you know they actually made it because the Predators couldn't win a game in the final five. So and and as Vegas was well too, you know if Vegas would have won one more game and if the Preds would have won more game, Dallas wouldn't have made the playoffs. So you know I wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas at the bottom of the division, not the league, uh, the division. I mean that's a tough so tough central division. Um, I'm going to go with Colorado and St. Louis and Minnesota and not and even Nashville. But I think Dallas and Winnipeg are going to be battling, you know, and this will be, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive more, you know, later in the summer before the season starts as far as uh, breaking down each divisions. Um, but, yeah, I, I see Dallas fighting for, for last for with Winnipeg next season. And uh, Quenville – he wants back in the NHL. Um, I don't know. I I don't think as a coach, um, Chicago's possibly, but I don't see him going back to Chicago, and I don't think he should be allowed in the NHL. But why? Oh, yeah, after, after 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 what happened, um, what he was he was responsible for. It was basically the same. How was he responsible? It was basically the same. Um, the same kind of the same situation as the Ohio. And I know it's a different sport. Or the Ohio State, um, uh, um, Urban Meyer was it um, with his assistants. Um, so and he knew about it. So you know, I and, that was Joe Pa. Well, that too, but it, it happened in Ohio State too. Um, yeah, but still, um, I mean, but, but, but you know. Did did and I didn't even read into the story. He was the coach at the time. It was his assistants that were doing. Well, he's responsible for his assistants too. Yeah, he has to take the fall for him, which he did. He can't control their actions. So I mean, if they go out to a bar, get drunk, and then drive so, miles an hour and kill somebody, is that? I mean, is that his fault? What's responsible for him? What's to say that he comes back in coaching, hires some assistant coaches, and they do, and his coaches do the same thing, or worse? Then he's done. That will be the end of. Well, then he should be done now. Don't give him a chance. I think he's guilty by association. We don't know the backstory. We don't know if he alerted anybody. We don't know if he did anything. We just know that he was the coach when his assistants were doing not so great things to players. So. Well, he won't I mean, be co- he won't be coaching Chicago. So he'll be you know, if he does, he'll be in some other role because the Blackhawks are going after Luke Richardson to coach. Okay. Uh, that'll really turn Blackhawks into a goon squad because Luke Richardson is, was basically a goon in his career. So unless 
I don't know. I mean, usually if you're a good player, that's your philosophy and you're going to, you know, you're going to coach your players like that. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. But look at Perry. Look at Peros. He was a goon. He's not coaching, no. No, but he's the head of player safety as a goon. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, so he's just, well, he knows because now he can suspend players. Although, but he doesn't. He has the best judgment to do it? Well, the guy that was doing that? Well, in your opinion, he didn't suspend somebody that should have. I agree with that. But that was, that's over. And uh, so Florida got their new coach too. Palmer Reese was did he last he last coached Winnipeg, right? He he did yes, he could I believe it was I believe he coached Carolina at one point and he was with Winnipeg for well he stepped down as Winnipeg, I believe. Now that's gonna be an interesting fit. <sighs> Or Florida. No, I don't know. I think that's about all the coaching moves. Yes, yeah, that's you know. There's, we'll update you when Detroit does something. So uh, Jonathan Huberdo is is happy. He's 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 excited. Uh, he says he's excited to, to to talk to Maurice and see what's you know what how, what's planned, what he has planned and stuff. So. So he he has at least one guy in his corner. So there's a little bit of uh, news coming out of Ottawa. Um, they're planning a retractable roof, and uh, sounds like it's going to be around the downtown area. They actually they got an okay for uh, arena uh, somewhere in I, I believe it's somewhere around the downtown area. Now their their current one, I think it was I think they said it was ninety six when they opened it in in a suburb. So they're gonna be moving in to the downtown area. Um so that's gonna be interesting. You know, it's it'll be the only retractable roof arena. Uh Mallon Arena, which is no longer around, they tore it down. That wasn't that, that the igloo in Pittsburgh. That was actually a retractable roof, uh, well, part of it, not the whole thing, just like a little piece of it. Well, um, I don't understand because it was built before they had the hockey team. Um, I'm not sure why, yeah. So it was, it was like, built it. Cold. What's the but yeah, yeah, they I don't think they ever used it. They might have, but they it they that building. They had that building before the Penguins uh, came in '71, I believe it was. So that that's how old that building was. But I, I made a joke on social media about Ottawa is getting rejected the roof. They could have an instant winner classic. <laughs> no, they obviously aren't going to use it for hockey. It's mainly meant for I think they said concerts. Um, Sure. I don't know if they got venues. a. I don't know if they got a football team. They could probably use it for football too, but I guess it's a little gimmick. Um, and then, uh, so that's a. That's pretty much all the NHL news stories. Um, and, and then I, I already mentioned Chicago. Um, I was gonna have my own little rage. Um, Do it. I was going to have one on the Manson 30 hit not being penalized, but 
I'm kind of over that. So, I mean, it was a dirty hit, Manson, and, and he's throwing, he's had a couple different dirty hits. Um, and, and this is after I pretty much, you know, was kind of getting kudos saying he's not his father, he's more of a sniper, and kind of talking him up. And then he goes and does this crap, turns again, starting to turn into a goon. Maybe it's playoffs, I don't know. But more importantly, my rage, I want to go the NHL. Not not only, you know, allowing that goal that shouldn't have counted because of too many players, but the officiating. Uh, not, you know, not calling penalties on either side, uh, calling penalties that should be, that shouldn't be, you know, checking players, kicking pucks to the it's one team. I mean, it's not just Avalanche. They've done it to with to other teams as well. Maybe not this season. Maybe not last season. They did but, it to the, to, um, to the Bruins in these playoffs this year. Oh, it was this season. Okay. Um, remember that? And then, you know, just missed calls. And these are supposed to be the best linesmen, the best refs of the world. I mean, this is, you know, this is the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're doing, I mean, I know they're human, they make mistakes, but you're practicing. These refs probably not, I don't have the number, but they've, you know, they're refing many, many games throughout the season, so they've got practice. I mean, obviously, they they don't get practice like the players get practice, these guys, and not only, and not only the you know the NHL, they've refed AHL, they refed exactly. EHL, they probably they, refed college. You know, they they worked. They worked. Yeah. So by there's they're the best, supposed to be the best. You know, just like the players. You're not just gonna get thrown in the NHL. I'm, you know, they're not gonna just call me and say, hey, you want to ref an NHL Stanley Cup Final Game One, when I never even put on a Zebra's jersey. So, you know, they, they, they got to be better. I mean, I know they make mistakes, but to this many? I think and maybe maybe just under the microscope more, but. It is, it is, but I also think the NHL has to have some kind of control over it. And it doesn't seem like they don't have any discipline set up. I mean, obviously you don't want, you know, the angels that could come on in the middle of a series and say, uh, we're going to suspend this guy because he made a bad call. Maybe he'll do that after, but what better way to, I mean, you almost, you almost want it, you know, in the middle of a series, if he makes a bad call, you know, pull him off for a game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's been a good show. Um, so just a quick update on the Memorial Cup. Edmonton, well, uh, Casa, uh, he he's done, you know. So he his his time ran out. Uh, Edmonton got eliminated. They only had one win in the, in the cup. Um, they ended up with two points. Uh, the host St. John's got the top seed. They move right in the, into the uh, into the finals, and it's going to be Hamilton and Shine again to play for the right to play against the host St. John's. So that's just a brief update on the CHL, and I think that's pretty much all we have for this show. Yeah, we had a lot to cover this week, D-Lo. It was a good show. Then once again, you can uh, email us at predwingspodcast 
at gmail.com and on our social media, uh, Facebook, Predwings Podcast, and Twitter at Predwings Pod. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Predwings Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?